What's happening, financial coaches? It's Pete here, and I want to respond to a great question from Keith here. Which book would you recommend to study first? And he was talking about the AFCE specifically. So I did a video on how long will it take to study for the AFC certification. It was pretty high level. So <clears throat> I even have some visuals here to share with you, Keith. <clears throat> but for any of you that are thinking about taking the AFC, the Accredited Financial Counselor Certification, through or from AFCPE, I think it's probably the one that's worth getting. It's the one that's most recognized. It's not inexpensive, a couple thousand bucks, depending on how you want to do it. If you want classes and books and materials and all that, it could be more. And I think the on-site review session is a little more. I don't know what they're charging today, but it's not a bauble. It's a, it's a, it's a bit pricey and it's a decently heavy lift. <clears throat> I would say if you have not, if you are not experienced in personal finance, it's going to be a heavy lift. If you come from the personal finance world, maybe you're a mortgage broker, maybe you came from banking, maybe you did investment management, maybe you're a certified financial planner, you know, investment advisor, those types of things, then the lift is going to be much easier. You're going to have a lot of that information. I thought that I would talk about the three big books that they use. These are just the cover arts for them. Uh, that they provide when you are taking the certification. And I thought I would talk a little bit about these, talk about the order uh, that I would recommend doing it. Now, before we get into that, I thought I would talk a little bit about the test because ultimately, why are you doing this? You want to improve yourself for sure, but we are also taking this to pass the AFC test. And that is taken online, it's proctored. Uh, you might take it in a lab if you're taking it locally. But I don't know if it's exactly the same. Now, I will tell you, I took this exam, oh, 2017, so uh, a while ago. The questions I'm sure are different. I don't know that it's wholesale different. I think it might be like the SAT, the questions are similar. So just kind of keep that in mind that things might be different, all right? But I also wanna show you here that I did pretty well on this test. This isn't to just humble brag, but if you're, if you're using the results of the test as some sort of measurement on how much credibility you should put in my recommendation, I will show you that on my test, and I took some notes here because I thought I'd share them with you, but I don't know if you can see this. But out of 150 questions, I got 142 right, and that is basically 95%. I think you need 75% to pass. Um, the cut score was 115 on this particular test. So, um, so I did pretty well on the test, so take that for what it's worth. Now, I bring that up. You know, it's, it's also funny, this is a totally an aside if you're curious, I know that I got two questions wrong and I got them wrong purposely on the test. And if you want to know why I purposely answered them wrong, uh, you can ask me. But it's just kind of funny because that would have got me to 144, 50, 150. All right, so <clears throat> I use this because you're trying to figure out what you need out of these books to pass this test. And what's on the test is not necessarily equally weighted between the books. In fact, uh, some of the books are heavily favored. They kind of give you the breakdown of what the categories are. You know, for example, number one, set the stage and gather client information. That is a max score of 15. So I'm guessing there are 15 questions on that. Assist a client in creating an action plan. There are 18 questions. Uh, develop financial statements, ratios, and spending plans, 15 questions. Manage money, 22 questions, and so on and so on, right? And so I think if you saw that there's only one question on debt, then you would probably not be inclined to spend a lot of time on surviving debt, all right? So what I want to show you is that I think, and again, 
caveat, I don't know exactly how the process is, but you get three books when you, or you have to buy them on your own when you sign up for this. This one is Surviving Debt, and it's by the National Consumer Law Center. This book is quite a bit smaller than this piece of paper, but it's fairly lengthy. Then you get this one, and it's by Gorman uh, and Forg, and it's the Personal Finance. It's a college textbook, so it's a, it's a fairly big book and hardcover. And then they have switched since I took the exam to this book. This is Financial Counseling by uh, Durbind. And it was a different financial counseling book at the time. But my guess is it's probably fairly similar. And the last book was fine. And so I bring these up because they're going to send them to you. And I think like I was when I got them, I was fairly confused. And I just started plowing through them however I wanted to. And I am going to tell you that my recommendation on how you should read them is not the way I went through them. So I got through the books kind of, and um, I probably didn't give myself quite enough time or I didn't budget my time uh, really appropriately. So I'm kind of gonna give you my strategy based on limited amount of time to get through them, right? And the strategy is also in case you start running out of time that you're kind of sacrificing maybe the least important content for the test, all right? So, this will also, my recommendation will probably also adjust a little bit depending on where you come from, how much personal finance background you have. All right. So let me just share with you the weightings before I get into how to read this book. So as far as I can tell, based on the topics, there are 22% of the questions on financial counseling. All right. So a little less than a quarter of the test is about this book. Okay. There are about 8% of the questions on debt. So the smallest part, less than 10%, is about debt questions, so surviving debt. All right, I bring that up because these two books are about the same size, okay? But there are twice as many financial counseling questions. That means the rest of the test is basically personal finance, which makes sense to me because you need a fairly robust knowledge base about how finance works to be able to guide people financially. So 70% of the test, I think, comes from this book, right? And this is the biggest book of them all, college textbook, like I said. But it doesn't cover every chapter in this book, so can you keep that in mind, too? All right. So just based on that, you're, you're saying, well, Pete, I bet I know what you're going to say now. You're going to say, read this book. Then you're going to say, read this book, and then read the debt book. And I'm not going to say that, actually. So what I would do here, and we're probably getting a little into the weeds, but I would read the first chapter or two of the Surviving Debt book. And the real reason here is that Surviving Debt is broken up into chapters that addresses how to address a different type of debt. Um, you're late on your rent payments. You're late on your mortgage payments. You have credit card debt. You have debt on a personal loan. You have debt on a secured loan. You know, all these types of things. Every chapter is really kind of split into uh, a, a chapter about a specific debt. And so what ends up happening is that a lot of the strategies, so it's kind of explaining what the problem is, then a lot of the strategies repeat themselves in that chapter. So if it's about credit card debt, unsecured debt, personal loan, payday loan, you know, all these unsecured things, even though each of those is its own chapter, you're going to hear and read a lot of the same recommendations. You know, if it's an unsecured credit card, it's gonna say, you know, don't make a payment on it. Don't refinance in your house on it. You know, delay as long as possible, you know, because there's only so much they can do on collection, right? Now, if it's about a mortgage debt, a secured debt, 
or a debt secured by your car, an auto loan, or a home equity line of credit, or a home loan, things that are secured by mortgage, it's going to give you some different recommendations. We'll pay those first because they could foreclose on you and you need to keep your house. And you want to, uh, you know, um, not direct money to unsecured debts before you direct them to secured debts. So, right? so basically what I'm saying here is that a lot of the chapters in the solution section have the same solution. So what I would do here is I'd probably read the first couple chapters. I'm not sure what they are but kind of figure out what their strategy is for unsecured debt and then what it is for secured debt, i.e. credit cards, things that aren't backed up by anything except a promise to pay, and then things that are backed up by an actual asset, usually your home, um, things like your mortgage, anything related to your mortgage. And then just kind of, you'll get a feel for that and you'll be able to cruise through a couple of those chapters or a few of those chapters if you need to pretty quickly and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. And then I would put this book aside. I probably would not pick it up again until later. All right. And then what I would do is I would read the stuff on the personal finance stuff. And like I said, this is the biggest piece. So now naturally you're going to want to cruise this. As you are reading through this, a lot of it is going to sound like stuff you've probably heard. But I would say two things. If it's new to you and if it is specific in nature. So in this book, there are guidelines on how much your rent should be relative to your monthly income. You know, I don't remember what it's like, 32% or, you know, sometimes we'll say one third or whatever. But anywhere there are specific rules and rules of thumbs about things, I would highlight them. I would put a little sticky flag on them because the test is very specific. In fact, what they'll do in some of the questions, they will say, you know, um, Michelle has a paycheck where she gets a net payment every other week of $1,000. She is looking at an apartment that is $720 a month. Should she get it? Well, now you got to remember, you know, paychecks every other week are not one, it's not two paychecks a month. It's a different amount, um, you know, slightly less. And you also have to know what the ratio is to her net income or her gross income or whatever to know what that number should be. So anywhere there are specific rules of thumb, especially when it comes to housing or the amount of loan that they can get on a car or the interest rate they should pay, make sure you mark those so that you can come back and start committing those to memory before the test. I would get through all of the reading on this particular book. Like I said, it doesn't, at the time I took it, it did not require all the chapters. In fact, I kind of overread, I, I forgot that they stopped it on like chapter 14, all right? So there's some things about cryptocurrencies and stuff in here. The, the, the test did not ask anything about those. Maybe they will, or maybe they do now. But I would just kind of get through it, highlight all the stuff that's a gap in knowledge for you, mark it so that you can come back to it, all right? And then once you do your first pass through that book, that's when I would pick up the financial coach counseling book. And I would read this, again, cover to cover, whatever chapters they recommend. And I would highlight things that you think are specific. So like I said, here on the, the, the test output, set the stage and gather client information, assist a client in creating an action plan. Um, those are the high level categories. So anything you see in here about what information you should gather, how you should gather it, um, what needs to go into an action plan, the steps, any rules of thumb there. Again, kind of same strategy as you're going through this. I think a lot of it, and again, this wasn't the book, but my guess is a lot of it is going to seem 
like it makes sense you know how you should set up the room or where you should sit or the language you should use and it's not like super specific and you're just going to kind of remember that oh you're going to want to ask open-ended questions like you know what do you think you should do right as opposed to yes or no questions or avoid the why question because it can be judgmental like why do you think that or you know some of the things that they put in there and you don't have to hold any of that absolutely but any of the things that they give you specifically about how to set up a plan or the thresholds that need to be in there or the ratios go ahead and mark those highlight those uh hit them with a flag again because what i would say then is that when you're done with this i would go back to the surviving debt book and now kind of cruise through the remaining chapters and what that's going to do is now it's going to remind you of what those strategies are and what some of the resources are so you know if the credit card debt personal loan section are going to be very similar the things that are maybe a little bit different i think are the chapters on um, being behind on rent payments and like mortgages so in the rent section there's going to be stuff that is not in any of those sections like how to deal and push off you know getting an eviction notice and some of those other things so you know you're going to want to read through those but again that's only eight percent of the test so now that you are starting to kind of crystallize what those strategies are around when you are dealing with the debt surviving debt it's a fairly good name because uh, it's not a strategy like you have debt but the debt is good standing it's really all about you have this type of debt and it's not in good standing what are your options what are your options to kind of game the system in it's a legal book um, to keep yourself in that apartment, keep yourself in that home, keep your car in your driveway as long as possible. And then I go through the rest of the book and kind of skim because when you get to some of the solutions, you're going to see, I've read that exact same paragraph somewhere in another chapter. You're going to read the first sentence. You're going to just kind of jump through it and that's going to be good enough. And then I would stop with this book completely. Okay. Then what I would do is I would go back through the personal finance book to all those specific things. And now you can make some flashcards. I'm gonna to get to another tool here in a second. Um, but you could write those down, start pulling them out onto a sheet of paper or into a notebook so that you have all those kind of somewhere where you can review them. And I would go through the book again, but just kind of reviewing the stuff you have marked, highlighted, flagged. And then I would do the same thing with this book. Again, starting now to write down, creating a pad of paper that have all of these general rules, all right? Now, I think you have consumed the information as much as you can. Now, the issue is, how are you going to recall this? And how are you going to recall that 23% of your net income can go to a uh, rent uh, or an apartment rent or, you know, 18% can go to car loans or whatever. I don't remember what they are, you know, but, um, and it's kind of, you don't have to know exactly when you start getting out of the field and using it, but you do have to know for the test. So I will put those on paper and start reviewing those. The other thing I will say, and it wasn't available on iOS, so here's my iPhone, it wasn't available there. So I actually bought an Android tablet and I downloaded an app and I want to say it was called AFCPE, AFC Flashcards. And it was only available on Android at the time. And the good thing about it was it was just a lot of those key things. And I think they took it from people who have taken the test and said like, this is what I recall is a kind of a key formula, ratio, note and that was really helpful so actually i discovered that pretty late in my journey there and so i was actually on site at the hotel where i was going to take the exam and i discovered it the day before so the full day before the test i was really working off of that afc pe afc flashcard app just kind of going through all of the 
you know, it shows you the question or something, the answer, I can't remember exactly, but it was a, it was a fine little app, and it just um, helped me reinforce that I pulled out the right stuff in my notes on the book, and then I looked at my notes and then went into the review session, actually, it was next day, and so they do like a full day review session where they have someone from AFCPE kind of talking through the concepts, and that was helpful, and I think that can be done online, um, and again, it was probably overkill for me, especially if you only need a 75%, but it was helpful to kind of get an idea of what's on the test. You know, it's kind of like a SAT prep. You know, they don't know specifically, but they generally know where the test is going to lean. All right. And so that's how I would do it. Again, recap. First few chapters of this book. Read all the reading in this book, taking notes, highlighting important rules of thumb. Read all the way through this book. Taking notes, highlighting important rules of thumb, then finishing the debt book, and then downloading the AFC flashcards app from the Android store or the Google Play store. All right. So hopefully that helps. If you are taking the AFC PEE AFC um, certification, I think it's the right one to take, assuming you can afford it and you're willing to invest the time on it. And I think it's the one that is probably um, the most recognized and will help you as much as certifications help you okay um so hopefully that helps uh keith great question sorry for the long-winded answer on it but uh, uh good luck on it and if i can help in any way let me know so see you later